all, my name is Tanner Cangelosi and my husband and I have the privilege of serving at the Hot Springs campus of NLC with my six children. And one of our triplets, the outdoorsman of the trio, was watching crickets fight recently and he became the color commentator as when one cricket emerged victorious and he yelled, this cricket now has his glory. He must be a preacher's kid. Uh, but he recognized that through a hard struggle, honor must be bestowed on this victorious cricket. And so we do use that word glory with our children when we teach them from the children's catechism. Every morning on the way to school, we just talk about these simple questions and answers of the principles of our faith. And the third question they learn is, why did God make you in all things? Which is the foundational for our faith. And the answer is for his own glory. His glory is our best. This fourth question that we ask them is, how can you glorify God? And the answer is by loving him and doing what he commands. These simple truths can be seen in our devotional today. As we continue the study of the glory of God this week, I want you to open your Bibles to John 11, to the account in the death and rising of Lazarus. You know, sometimes when life is grand and our plans are carried out, it is hard to recognize the glory and majesty and the detail of our all-knowing God. Knowing that hard things, like having six kids in five years, they were not in my plans. They are for my good and God's glory. So let's read in verse 1 of chapter 11. It says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany in the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And this Mary, whose brother Lazarus lay now sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Verse six, yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. God's plan is perfect. His timing will always diligently accomplish his will. In Isaiah, it says that his ways are higher than my ways and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Okay, let's go on. Verse 17, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days, already been in the tomb four days because he waited. Verse 20, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again on the resurrection of the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies and whoever lives will believe in me and never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she said. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. So then at that point, she goes and gets Mary. And then fast forward to verse 32. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Do you think this is a sentence the sisters said to each other as they waited for Jesus to come? Verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. 
Jesus shows a compassion that we all need to show. He didn't let the grieving sisters sit there in their grief alone. Who is God calling you to sit next to while they grieve? Or does God want you to reach out to someone and ask them to sit next to you while you're walking through a hard season? I love how my mom told me about this story and she said, It should fill our hearts that an all-knowing God hears our cry and is moved to act on our behalf. The essence of rescue is experiencing the responsiveness of God. The essence of rescue is experiencing the responsiveness of God. He is so compassionate. Verse 38, he was deeply moved and they got to the place where the stone was and he said, take away the stone. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, this is the time that there's a bad odor. Mm, Okay, for it has been four days. I like that she's telling him this like he doesn't know that already. Verse 40, then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And I wonder at that point, you know, how many of us have missed a blessing because we delay obedience? Delayed obedience is disobedience. But they take away the stone, verse 41. And then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me, because he is about to do something miraculous. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. You know, Jesus could have taken off Lazarus' grave grave clothes himself, or he could have told Lazarus to do it, but no, he told those around Lazarus to take off his grave clothes. You know, we need others to help us to walk out this freedom. We cannot do life alone. That is why we have life groups. I so encourage you to seek those out. Something else I love about this is he spoke to Lazarus directly. He called him by name. In Isaiah, it talks about when you walk through hard times, when you walk through the waters, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fires, they will not burn you. And then he says, I have called you by name. You are mine. You are mine. God doesn't always spare us the heartache of walking through hard times, but we can see his glory better from that place on our knees. C.S. Lewis says that God whispers in our pleasures, but he shouts in our pain. I learned this from watching my dad lead our family through a hard time when he gave glory to God when my youngest brother was hit by a car walking home from school. He wrote this editorial Uh, entitled Dear God in the Northwest Arkansas Times as a response to God's glory through a hard time. And I wanna read a bit of this to you today. He wrote, Dear God, thank you. I was given a great gift last night. I got to bring my son home from the hospital. As you know, he was hit by a car coming home from school last Tuesday. In the last two days, you have blessed this family beyond imagination. He goes on to thank God for the neurosurgeon who was behind the wheel of the first car to drive by the accident. 
Thank you, God, for the parents, the teachers, and principals at the school. Thank you, God, for the speed and efficiency of an emergency medical response team. Thank you, God, for the police that handled the traffic. Thank you, God, for the staff and the doctors of Washington Regional Medical Center. Thank you, God, for family. Thank you, God, for your timing. And then he closes it like this. The blessings you have allowed this family to experience over these last two months are too numerous to mention. I've named but only a few. The timing of the events after the accident can only be described as one miracle after another. I know that God, you have, could have called Harlan, my baby brother, home. You could have called him home. And that would have been a great blessing for him. But I am selfish enough to know that I would have missed him more than words can say. Thank you for allowing me one more time with Harlan. If it is this day, a month, or several years as we treat each moment exactly as what it is, a gift from you, please open our hearts to learn a few of the lessons you were trying to teach us these past two days. Number one, that prayers are answered. Number two, be thankful and appreciate what you have today. And number three, we truly have a great God. We truly have a great God. Through this article written in 1997, my dad showed me, it was kind of like an altar of thanksgiving for our family of God's glory. That God's plan is for my good and God's glory. And now my baby brother and his wife are expecting their first child, a daughter, to grow into a woman. And knowing that all that God did to spare my brother, I believe that God has a great calling on his daughter to be a world changer. It makes me excited to have a front row seat to see how her life touches others. Where is God calling you to trust him with your plans? Who is God calling you to walk alongside who needs comfort? Who is God calling you to take off the grave clothes or maybe you need help taking grave clothes off of yourself? How will you give God glory today? Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you, Father, that you show up you show your glory big, and we can see it big when we walk through hard things. God, may we look up and see who you are. May we look out and see how we can tell others of what you have done. Tell them of your glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.